The Drive. Elmore deep, left side three, it's good! From 30 feet, John Elmore! The Drive with Paul Swan. Welcome in. It's the Friday, September 14th edition. Your drive begins now here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. It's high school football Friday night, so we're going to have several previews of the top area matchups. Spring Valley back in action tonight, trying to remain undefeated. So we'll hear about the Timberwolves. Matt Perry is going to join us in a little bit. Also, Adam Rogers is going to tell us about Cabell Midland. They're going to try to bounce back after getting beat by Spring Valley last week. They've got Hurricane to talk about. Also, we've got Huntington High and Woodrow Wilson. That's our game that we have here every week for you on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Home of the Highlanders, and the home of the Highlanders right now is enjoying an undefeated football season. 3-0 and for the Highlanders, 2-0 and for the Herd. No Herd game tomorrow, so the record continues to be spotless. No matter what, Hurricane did not beat the Herd, so... 2-0 heading on to North Carolina and, I'm sorry, North Carolina State. And the Cincinnati Bengals are 2-0. That's right. The Bengals beat the Ravens right night, last night 34-23. They improved to 2-0. The Bengals are on top of the division. Andy Dalton to A.J. Green, not once, not twice, three times. Three times out of the slot. A.J. Green only had two touchdowns in the slot last year all season. Out of the slot, he had three last night. And the Bengals win again. So now the Bengals, they've got Sunday off. They can prepare for Carolina. The next two contests are road contests for the Bengals. They're going to be at Carolina on the 23rd. And then on the 30th, they're going to be at Atlanta. Those are going to be tough contests for sure. But... I liked what I saw with the Bengals. I'm optimistic. And, of course, when you're 2-0, and you can be optimistic. We'll see what they look like after this upcoming stretch because after those two games I mentioned, they've got Miami at home. Then they've got Pittsburgh at home, the first of the two meetings every year. And then they've got Kansas City on the road. And then they come back to end October at I'm sorry, they've got Tampa Bay, and then they've got the bye on November 4th. So, actually, the bye comes at a pretty good time. Actually, it's, I think, a good schedule this year for the Bengals. Now, the bad news for the Bengals is second half, they're going to be at their division rivals. They're going to be at Baltimore, they're going to be at Cleveland, and they're going to be at Pittsburgh. But that second half schedule also, they've got Cleveland also in that second half. So you're going to see Cleveland twice in the second half, then Pittsburgh will be the return game, and then you've got Baltimore as the return game as well. And honestly, the last two games of the regular season are going to be at Cleveland and at Pittsburgh. So those games will mean something if the Bengals haven't locked up either a wild card spot, more likely a spot in the division side of things, because this division's wide open right now. And if you get to those last two games and you've got some meaningful distance between the two, we might be talking about a division championship. Again, it's early. 2-0 and does not mean it's going to be a playoff year for the Cincinnati Bengals, but I like what I saw so far from the Bengals. Andy Dalton looked good. It's like Andy Dalton swapped places a little bit with Joe Flacco. Flacco looked lifeless out there. He looked soulless. Andy Dalton was having a good old time. Also, Flacco was throwing the ball wrong places. Flacco did not help the Ravens' cause in that game. 
defense, of course, added to that, had something to do with it still. Andy Dalton's usually the one I'm going, oh, no, here goes an interception. Not the case. And here's another thing. Joe Mixon, give him the ball more. Give Mixon the ball. Make the running back position a threat again in Cincinnati because if the running position is more of a threat, then all of a sudden A.J. Green's going to have some more room because they're going to have to play honest. I mean, that's why you try to establish the run. You establish the run so you can pass. That's why you do it. You establish the run. It's basic football. You establish the run so you can pass. And Mixon looked good. I thought Geo looked good out there last night as well. I thought there were so many positives to take away. A couple of decisions I didn't like. I thought that Marvin should have... Well, I really don't want to take anything away from Marvin because... They were aggressive. Marvin was aggressive. I thought when they got the ball back before halftime, what Marvin should have done, maybe I would have liked to have seen a run or two more, maybe drain that clock a little bit, run it just a little bit more, and then we get to the halftime. Maybe you take a shot down there, but I would have liked to have seen him move the chains a little bit more. They were going pretty aggressive. Turn the ball right back over, and then Baltimore goes down and scores. Ultimately, it didn't mean anything because the Bengals would continue to score. Quarter belonged to the Ravens for sure, but at the end of the day, the Bengals were able to win that game. They were able to come back from not winning the third quarter. If you put it in those terms, they came back from when they were slowing down and they started to pick back up. At the same time, they didn't do things that would have cost them the game. I thought the defense played well. I thought the passing game was good. I thought the running game was good. And... I was pretty pleased how aggressive they were against Baltimore. Now, Flacco put up some numbers against Buffalo, but Buffalo is not that good. Let's be honest, Buffalo's not that good. And the Bengals, well, they go on the road, they win at Indianapolis, and then they come out home opener. And by the way, talk about the primetime Bengals and not being able to win. Well, yeah, that's true, but... It was primetime, and the Bengals won. Primetime, and the Bengals won. So we have got college football coming up on Saturday to tell you about. Coming up tomorrow, we've got LSU and Auburn. The airtime is 3.30 p.m. That's going to be our replacement game. And you can, of course, listen to that right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 as we've got no Marshall to give you. Usually we'd be going on the air. We would have probably been on the air at 4 because our game was going to be a 7 o'clock kick at Jones C. Edwards Stadium. Instead, we've got a little LSU and Auburn for you. And that's, again, on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And we've also got for you UK, they're facing Murray State tomorrow. Airtime's going to be 10 a.m., bright and early, 10 a.m. That game's going to be on Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. So the Wildcats are going to hopefully try to stay undefeated. Our very own Bill Cornwell is making the journey down. So if he doesn't have the Marshall game tomorrow, he's heading down to watch the Wildcats play. He's a big-time Wildcats fan, and Really, UK's got it good for right now because after Murray State, they've got Mississippi State. That's at home. They've got South Carolina at home. 
And then they finally go on the road to take on Texas A&M. The second half is a little bit more of a normal schedule because they're going to be on the road at Texas A&M. Then they've got Vandy on the road at Missouri. Georgia's at home. That's going to be tough. They've got Tennessee on the road. Middle Tennessee's at home, and then they finished out against Louisville. And right now, they have got Louisville on the road as the last game. I think the Wildcats win that one. And they've got Middle Tennessee as the final home game in the regular season. Middle Tennessee, I think they win that one. But, again, let me see Middle Tennessee a little bit more first before I make that prediction. But already the Wildcats have got two wins. Louisville's a win. Middle Tennessee's a win. That's four. Murray State's a win. That's five. got to get one more to be bowl eligible. And then start stacking them up after that to see where you go. I'm not saying this team's going to win the SEC championship, but they're going to be in, I think, a good spot once again for a solid bowl. And depending on how they come out the next few weeks, they could be in a good position because Murray State's an easy win for them. They could probably beat Mississippi State, South Carolina. We'll see. Sure, Georgia made them look pretty bad, but Georgia does that to everybody. I think the Wildcats are going to be in pretty good shape. All right, we're going to turn our attention to high school football when we come back from break. First up, we'll talk to Matt Perry, voice of the Spring Valley Timberwolves. We're going to talk about the Valley taking on South Charleston later on. We'll hear from Adam Rogers and Woody Woodrum as well as we'll go down the list of high school area games across the Tri-State. It all comes up next here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Paul Swan has the wheel on the drive. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're presented by Beltone Hearing Aid Center. Welcome back. Paul Swan, your host for this edition on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So last week, a rivalry game that probably can't be matched by too many other rivalry games in the tri-state or let alone the state of West Virginia was played. And Spring Valley was the victor. And so for the next year or until they meet in the playoffs, if they do this season, uh, we're going to have to hear a boastful Matt Perry who joins us now on the program, the voice of the Spring Valley Timberwolves. Matt, let's just be honest with each other. Let's just own it. Last week, uh, I could tell from the tone of your voice and just the way that you uh, spat out the word Barbersville as a curse word that uh, this really meant something to not only uh, you – you weren't even playing, but the Spring Valley community to uh, to play this game and to get a win. And and all honestly, I didn't think it was going to go that way. I thought it was going to be a little tighter. No, I and I have a I have a complete you know I own it too because uh, I thought Spring Valley and Cabell Midland would be a you know a heavyweight prize fight, and uh, it's just Spring Valley kept throwing the haymakers and Midland didn't get up. They didn't answer the eight count, man, and so. You know, you know, and I do want to say it's all in good fun. All of the listeners out in Barbersville, I don't want uh, hate mail or hate emails. Uh, I love you just the same as everybody else. It's just we like beating you at things. <laughs> what about the folks in Milton, man? You uh, got something for them? Uh, I have nothing. Uh, you know, I, I love Milton, too. I mean, the more the merrier. Uh, but it was very nice to um, call that game uh, right next to Jason Toy, actually, and, you know, his voice would go down a little bit whenever Spring Valley would score another touchdown, and I'd get just a little bit more animated on my side of the radio. So that was uh, quite enjoyable. So the, the in-booth trash talking was kind of going on in some sort of way. Some well, you know, it's one of those subtle, like, uh, I'm not going to look at you trash talk. Like, I'm, you know, I'd get a little bit more oomph when, uh, you know, we throw a bomb or Malashevitz hit a big play. 
and uh, you could just hear Toy and uh, on the other side just kind of get a little quiet. You, you know, um, this doesn't – you can't do this in college, okay? Just can't do this in college radio or or pro. This, I, just so I, you know, just can't do that. I, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm content where I am. I found my little level. Uh, I don't need to go up to the college game, uh, let alone the pros. Uh, it's way too uh, formal. So uh, I like just being a homer on the high school radio. Matt Perry, Homer for the Spring Valley Timberwolves, joins us on the program. It's Friday. We do have some fun around the show. So, uh, Spring Valley defensively. Now, hey, go ahead. Yes. Hey, but I And I have to have a Mia Culpa right now for you. This is for you. Okay. I had a Facebook poll, and the poll read, do I need to even waste my time to buy a cinnamon ice cream taco from Austin? And 80 Five percent said, "Matt, you've been living life wrong. Listen to Pulse One. Buy the taco." You doubted me. Buy the taco. First of all, I'm offended you doubted me. Well, I doubted you a little bit because you know we are we are arrogant about our ice cream when you grow up right next to Austin. And for me to have never had this glorious concoction that you spoke of, I had to go to other people, and they they backed you up. They said, "Listen, you've been living wrong. Try the cinnamon taco, man." I'm sorry. Ignorance is not an excuse. I'm sorry. It's not, and I own it. I am owning it right now. I am. I have lived wrong in the ice cream world. Well, first of all, I feel like <laughs> just doubting my word alone, and um, you have to go to a poll of people to validate what I told you. Even though those people had my back, the fact that you had to go do that—I mean—that kind of puts you in a hole a little bit more with me. Well, I thought that you would want the data back up, but I didn't need the data yeah. back up. I knew. I knew what I said was right. <laughs> That's the thing. I, I knew what I was telling you was the gospel. I mean, I'm I speaking. I'm speaking the word. I mean, you don't need to go back and get validation that the word's true. I'm speaking the word, and it's the cinnamon ice cream taco is the bomb at Austin's. Before they close this year, I will have a cinnamon ice cream taco. Wait, this is going. So am I. It's going to be on your uh, bank account. <laughs> <laughs> So now that you've gotten right in life and you've corrected yourself, or at least you're starting to try to make amends, um, mm-hmm. Spring Valley defense, very tough, uh, very formidable. Um, was it more of a defensive effort from Spring Valley, or was it you know, just Cabell Midland's offense couldn't uh, really uh, crack the code? What was the difference here? Defense causing more of the problems, or just Cabell Midland's offense maybe not as potent? Spring Valley's defense has given up 10 points in three games, the starting defense. Three points to uh, Hurricane, and then the bomb touchdown to Cabell Midland to end the first half last week. Other than that, they have played absolutely fantastic football. The speed on Spring Valley's defensive line alone, they were flying to the football against Cabell Midland. It was impressive. Vaughn didn't break 40 yards rushing, and uh, you know that was a young man that had scored nine touchdowns in two games. So it was a defensive effort. And I have to give all the credit in the world to the Spring Valley coaching staff. When they came out in the second half, Grayson Malashevich became the player of the game. He uh, was the third quarterback to play in that game. And once he became, we thought we called him a wildcat quarterback at the beginning, like, oh, he's just going to run a couple of zone reads. He... We seem to have lost the connection there with Matt Perry, who's going to have the call of Spring Valley and South Charleston. We will give him an opportunity to try to reconnect. As uh, Spring Valley coming into this one is going to be f- looking for win number four. South Charleston looking for win number one. It has not been good for South Charleston. Uh, they have uh, been very porous on defense. They have allowed 
a lot of points to be scored. So unfortunately for South Charleston, um, this is not a respite for them as Spring Valley is definitely going to tee up tonight on South Charleston. Now, coming up later, we're going to have Cabell Midland. They are going to try to bounce back from that loss against Spring Valley. They've got Hurricane, which is 1-2. and two. Adam Rogers is going to join us here in a few minutes, and we're going to talk to him about that matchup. And later on, I've got Woody Woodrum, who's going to give us a preview. Huntington High. Huntington High, also 3-0. and They've got a, a better opponent tonight in Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson coming into this one 2-1. and one. This was one of those games where there was some rumbling that it might be moved. There were several games that were moved. And most of this was a precautionary measure just because you didn't know where the weather was going to turn. Was the hurricane going to turn a little bit more head towards West Virginia, be more impactful? And, of course, uh, Beckley, Woodrow Wilson would have been one of those uh, spots in West Virginia that would have been impacted a little bit more by the weather than, say, here in Huntington. Uh, You might see if uh, the weather turns, you might see some uh, high water. There are so many different uh, things that could happen, just to be honest with you. uh, There's flooding potential still if it comes quickly. If it lingers, there's going to be different issues all the way. So, unfortunately, we've lost Matt Perry. That means we can take our next break, and then we can be joined by Adam Rogers, who is uh, stepping in and stepping up. For Jason Toy tonight, we're going to have that next when we come back from break. You're listening to The Drive. We are presented by Belltone Hearing Aid Center on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back. The Drive presented by Belltone Hearing Aid Center on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. In a moment... We hope to hear from Adam Rogers. He's got the call of Campbell Midland tonight. They take on Hurricane. Hurricane comes into the contest one and two. Campbell Midland on the other side comes into the contest two and one after getting beat by Spring Valley last week. So Adam will give us all the info on this one. Why you should tune in tonight. What's going to be the draw for this one? We're going to sell this one to you tonight. As Cabell Midland taking on Hurricane, and that's coming up tonight. You can hear that over on our sister station, 97.9 The River. Also, we've got Huntington High action for you tonight. Huntington High is going to take on Woodrow Wilson. And guess who's going to be at the game? Woodrow Woodrum. So Woodrow Woodrum will join us later on the program to talk about Woodrow Wilson. That's going to be a tongue twister. I'm not going to try very often. Woodrow Woodrum and Woodrow Wilson. So that's what we've got coming up tonight. And, of course, you can hear the Huntington game right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 as uh, the Highlanders look to stay undefeated. They are 3-0 and right now. They are they're solid. I think they're going to make a strong run in the postseason. I know it's early to say that still, but 3-0 and They've been solid so far. They're going to make a nice run. Uh, the only obstacle I see on their schedule is Spring Valley and possibly Cabell Midland. But I'm more inclined to lean towards Spring Valley as being the obstacle instead of Cabell Midland. So that's where we stand as far as that one's concerned. And I'll tell you what, um, this one really should be a, a little bit more of an interesting contest tonight, the Huntington game with Woodrow coming in, uh, than the Midland-Hurricane game. I expect Cabell Midland to really ramp back up. 
Cabell Midland's been pretty successful other than that stone wall they ran into with Spring Valley. But at the same time, we definitely have had, um, I think, when Cabell Midland has been on, they've been really a potent offense. So uh, we're having some difficulty getting Adam Rogers here. So I'll tell you what we're going to do here since uh, we have Woody Woodrum. We're going to talk to Woody, and Woody tonight is going to be part of that Huntington High broadcast crew as he's going to be on the radio calling Woodrow Wilson at Huntington. So Woodrow Woodrum and Woodrow Wilson. I dare I dare you guys to try to say that several times fast tonight, Woody. Woodrow Woodrum oh, and Woodrow Wilson. I went to Woodrow Wilson Junior High on Charleston's west side. So, you know, it'd be pretty easy for me. Of course, I wasn't known as Woody Woodrum back then. No. So, um, Every, everybody in Charleston knows me as Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Joe. Joe, that, yeah. There's Joe. You can, al- you can always tell that because uh, when Bernard Coston, uh, who goes by Bernie these days, was the alumni president for a couple of years, and I'm over there for one of the homecoming events at the Alumni Center. Right after it opened, and and so I look across, and I'm like, wow. And I walked over, and I said, Bernard. And he goes, Joe, how are you? And his wife goes, whoa, 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 Bernie and Woody. (laughs) And I said, yeah, not at Glenwood Elementary in the 1960s. (laughs) So, yeah, your, your nicknames sometimes land on you with force. But Woodrow Wilson could be in big trouble tonight, Paul. Quite honestly, because they, despite getting off to a two and one start, which is great considering the past two seasons, they'd only won two games combined, going one and nine the last two years. But they won at Riverside twenty-one to six. They won at Greenbrier East. They've got a rivalry going with Greenbrier East these days, which is kind of nice. But then last week Parkersburg beat them twenty-eight to seven at home. And Parkersburg, certainly at 1-2, and two, is not one of the best teams in the MSAC. So, again, you're looking at an offensive line with one player over 275, everyone else 250 or lower. And you got Huntington with most of them at 275 and up. So the line of scrimmage has been the big thing for Huntington. They've controlled it all year. This has been a team that... They're offensively capable, but they're not living and dying by the big play or or putting up huge points. They're more of a control team, it feels like. Just beating teams down, wearing them down, getting their points, and just keeping the other team from scoring. That seems to be what they're trying to do this year. Just go out there and out-physical you, wear you down, and then get enough points to go home. Yeah, you know, I think Billy Seals, his whole career, has played that kind of ball, Paul. He... He's a defensive guy first and foremost. He kind of lets his offensive coaches go their own way and and do their thing. But he's all about the defense. And they've had some guys that stepped up for them. They've been really good with, uh, you know, they, they're playing four different guys at defensive end, four different guys at defensive tackle. They've got some young guys who have had to step up in the secondary. And, uh, you know, that way they don't have to play Chris Brown or maybe Tay Blackwell there as much, and they can concentrate on the offensive side. So uh, Billy's really happy with the way they've come. I mean, they gave up uh, nine points to Belfry, 
They gave up uh, a late touchdown to Riverside. And last week, GW scored when the uh, they took a fumble away from the freshman running back and returned that for a touchdown and then had one long drive against the second team for uh, Grant Wells, ran in from 18 yards on his second touchdown. But it was 42-7. to It was already decided by then. So they really haven't given up very many points, about 24 on the first-team offense in three games. So uh, Woodrow, you know, they're off to a good start and all that, and they do have some weapons. Uh, Peyton Sheehan is their quarterback. Uh, so far he's 18-36 of 36 for 303 yards. Those aren't bad numbers at all, only two interceptions. And last week against Parkersburg, he was not part of the problem because he rushed for 61 yards and threw for 121 yards. But part of their problem was they had two interception returns called back for silly penalties. One was for a a clip that was way away from the play, and then the second one was another touchdown. And the same player, Zach Weaver, ran them back, and it was called back because they roughed the quarterback. It could have easily been 13 to nothing, uh, Woodrow Wilson at the half, but because that was called back, Woodrow got a score and made it 7 to 7. That kind of got their second wind, and that's when they came out and scored 21 in the second half to win that game. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it's it's been tough. They do have some seniors who are uh, a, a very good player. Logan Cook plays safety and wide receiver. Uh, Nick Wickline is uh, one of their running backs, and uh, he's run for 181 yards so far, uh, or caught 181 yards in receptions out of the backfield so far. The main running back is Micah Hancock, who's run uh, 40 times for 210 yards. That's about five and a half yards of carry and three touchdowns. So he's a guy you got to keep an eye on. Uh, they've got some other guys that will play, that they'll move around. But they're, they're also very much, uh, while Huntington has about a half and half on guys who play just offense or just defense, uh, Beckley's everybody's going two ways. And that, that's the thing that I've been seeing where teams are playing against Huntington and going both ways against that huge offensive and defensive line just wears teams down after a while, and they just cannot, you know, compete with that big line. And the other thing that Billy does better than high schools I've seen, they really emphasize hydration. I see the kids when I come up here on Thursday to do pregame and all that, I see the football players walking around with gallon jugs, and they've got them hydrating, drinking at least that gallon jug every day, and, you know, that makes a tremendous difference in, like, the game last week was so humid after we got the delayed start about 9.30. Hopefully, Paul, maybe we'll kick off at, like, 7.31 this week. That would be kind of out of character. I'll be okay with that. Yeah. No, no problem with that, really. Too. i got no problem with that at all. Yeah. And maybe this will be a quick game. We can all go home and listen to Fred Persinger. That would be fun. Yeah, that would be great. And, you know, Ty Wilcoxon is uh, – done a great job since he he his family moved him over here from Fairland and he's number one in MSAC in rushing number three in scoring he's rushed uh, 75 times for 590 yards and five touchdowns averaging about eight yards a carry last week 30 rushes for 250 yards against uh, the GW team Diallo Mitchell uh, is one of a pair of brothers on the team 
and Diallo had uh, 25 carries for 163 yards so far this year. Uh, another one is Bryce Damus, who's the H-back. He's only run once for a touchdown against Belfry, but he's caught six passes for 97 yards, and he's one of their most devastating blockers out of the backfield where he's almost like a fullback or an extra tight end in there, Paul, at 6'3", 235. Really smart kid, too. You're going to hear from him in the pregame show tonight. So, uh, Tay Blackwell, they'd like him his percentage to be a little better. He's, you know, 15 of 41. It's just 37%, and he's thrown four interceptions. But he had a better week last week against GW, and they're hoping to see more of that. He was 5 of 12 last week. He had two touchdowns, so, uh, you know, pretty good week. He's number nine in the MSAC right now in passing, and he's got a lot of weapons. Chris Brown is a junior uh, who's got four catches for 40 yards and a touchdown. Geronimo Mitchell has rushed four times for 52 yards and a touchdown and caught one pass for 12 yards. Freshman Corbin Page has one catch for 35 yards. Stephen Perrine, the tight end, one catch for 29 yards. So he's spread it around pretty good. He's hit his backs too. So I, I like the way Huntington's playing right now. The nice thing is if they get the win tonight, as I expect they will, then they have an open week before they really get into the meat of the schedule because after they're open next week, they're at South Charleston, then they host Hurricane. They're at Capitol, which seems like we play up there every single year and uh they're at midland they host parkersburg in the final home game of the year only four home games this year because of the belfry thing and then they finish at spring valley which you know if they can get past midland and capital parkersburg hurricane south charleston that very well could be a one-two matchup uh not taking anything away from martinsburg who's currently number one in most of the polls any word if uh the huntington game that's going to coincide with uh, the Marshall MTSU game that's still going to be a Friday night game. Yeah, it, it, the problem is that game was going it was going to be a national uh, high school federation game here at Huntington and against Hurricane, and then I guess because that Friday night game is CBS Sports Network, I believe there was there was some thoughts about that and they they may go ahead with the broadcast and and just because they can't change it and plus it's homecoming uh with only four games that that pretty much had to be the homecoming unless it was this game which is still a little early and not not like miami ohio having the first game of the year but that's going to be their homecoming their homecoming dance was set for saturday night so really about the only thing they could have done was play saturday afternoon and they just don't believe uh really that they would draw a great crowd for a Saturday afternoon game. You lose a lot of your students because, you know, the students came out last week in mass. They were dressed up for beach night, and even with the two-hour delay, those kids stayed right here the whole night. So it was a really good crowd thanks to the students, and, you know, the student body is doing a great job of getting those kids out for the games. And, uh, you know, you're just going to lose that if you play an afternoon ball game. Uh, for, and, and you go head-to-head midget league and all of that so i think they're going to stay on friday which is unfortunate for all of us that uh have two jobs <laughs> one here on the radio and one over there in the press but uh that night i'll probably have to be here and and uh jason courier can probably find somebody like paul swan to do his pa for him um he can't afford me sir yeah okay uh, well 
you know. I don't know what he pays you, but um, he might have to double that. <laughs> I see what you do. Well, so I'm thinking. That would uh, be a pretty good check. Yeah, that I'm thinking double that. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah we're gonna, we'll we'll talk. We'll we'll talk about that. So um, we'll talk to you here in a little bit. Uh, coming up, uh, 7 o'clock, straight up, going to be the uh, pregame show. We've got uh, player and coaches interviews before we've got the uh, kickoff at 7.30. We'll talk to you in about uh, an hour and 15 minutes. All right, and I hope you find Spanky before long. I've got him. He's on the he's on standby. All We're right. going to get to him when we come back from break. And we'll do that. We will come back from break and have Adam Rogers. Uh, his nickname's Spanky for those of you, the three of you that don't know, and uh, he'll join us next. This is The Drive. We're presented by Belltone Hearing Aid Center on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We hope to be joined by Adam Rogers. We had him and then we don't, and we're going to try to get him back. So uh, I just want to let you know that since I promised you him for the past 30 minutes. But I can tell you this, Cabell Midland is taking on Hurricane tonight. It should be a good one. Cabell Midland and Hurricane definitely, um, they... They've got a nice rivalry there going on. Campbell Millen's trying to score again. They're trying to find the end zone. Spring Valley was really stifling on them last week. And, of course, Hurricanes 1-2 and two right now. And they're trying to get back into a winning rhythm. They're at the point where they need to start winning some soon. And if they can get Campbell Midland, I think that's going to be a nice little point bonus for them to try to get themselves back into a spot where they're going to be a lock for the postseason. Of course, that game's going to be over on our sister station, 97.9 The River. So I hope you guys tune in for that. But uh, we're having some difficulty hooking up with Adam. We'll try to get him here in the next couple of minutes. And if we can't, well, I invite you guys to tune in and find out what is going to happen between Cabell, Midland, and Hurricane. And that's tonight again on 97.9 The River. So let's um, let's recap here. Spring Valley has got South Charleston tonight. Spring Valley should win that one easily. Woodrow is an okay team. I think they're going to be fine. But Huntington's probably going to be a tougher challenge for them. And then, of course, we've got Cabell, Midland, and Hurricane tonight. I think Cabell, Midland's probably going to be the better team there. So that's what we got as far as the area games that we are carrying. And don't forget, we've got one more game that we are broadcasting tonight, and that's going to be over on our sister station, over on Phil Davis Field. That's right, Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. We'll have Gal Police at 2-1, and one, taking on the Chesapeake Panthers also at 2-1. and one. So you can tune into that and... After our game tonight here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930, stick around. We've got Fred Persinger. High school game night. Fred just calls it game night, but it's high school game night. And he'll have all the scores from area action to West Virginia. So he'll have the complete picture of what high school football looked like on game night. And that's coming up right after the Huntington High broadcast. And you can listen to that right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And... Over on Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340, we got the Kentucky High School scoreboard. Now, it starts at 10. You can tune in starting at 10 or whenever the Chesapeake game is over if it goes past 10. 
and we'll have a rundown of all the high school scores across the state of Kentucky. So if it was played, we got you covered in Kentucky, and if it was played, we got you covered in West Virginia, and it's all right here on your Kindred family of stations. And, of course, don't forget, because tomorrow we don't have Marshall football, we've got a special treat for you. We've got LSU at Auburn. You can hear that. 3.30 is going to be our airtime here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 9.30. And we've also got UK taking on Murray State. That's going to be a 10 a.m. broadcast. Kicking off at noon. Get your tailgate on early. Obviously, you're probably going to be eating some breakfast food. Steak and eggs, man. Maybe steak and ham. Get your tailgate on. Do that from the comfort of your couch. How do you roll for a 10 a.m. tailgate if um, if it's Murray State? Do you just get up, go to the game, tailgate, go for a half because it's Murray State, UK's going to put them away, and then just roll out of there, go tailgate some more? Good news. With three minutes to go, Adam Rogers is present and available now for this broadcast. And he's going to give us the most concise and detailed report in three minutes of Cabell Midland tonight as they take on a tough Hurricane team, even though that 1-2 and two record might be uh, a little misleading. Yeah, I think that's an accurate depiction, Paul, of those Redskins team. I mean, uh, played Spring Valley and Capitol, two of the top five teams in the state already out of the three games. So that alone leads, tends to lead you to believe at least that Hurricane's a lot better than that 1-2 and two record indicates. And uh, played Winfield really tough to open up the schedule 24-13 to get the win there. But uh, just caught some really bad breaks last week against Capitol. Had uh, a couple of bad things go wrong in the second quarter. And uh, just it kind of fell off from there for, for Hurricane. Um, but the, the guy that's going to be leading the way for the, the Redskins, leading the hill down the chart, or leading the charge down the hill is actually Christian Hill. Uh, the junior tailback leads the team, 77 carries, just over 400 yards. Uh, he's got a touchdown, but uh, has been out of the end zone since that week one win against Winfield. But they love to give him the football and let him tote it around. Uh, the biggest problem for Hurricane, honestly, Paul, in these first three games is that uh, it had some quarterback problems, not really settled on one yet between a junior and a senior. Austin Womack, the junior, and Nathan Roy, the senior, uh, have been getting equal playing time in uh, these first three games. So that's kind of caused some uh, uneasiness there for the Redskins' offense. And uh, it also doesn't help the Hurricanes without the top three receivers from last season. So it's a new wide receiver core trying to work with two different quarterbacks, and that's kind of uh, you know made some problems there. But uh, Nate Barham, a transfer from South Charleston, is added into that wide receiver core for this year for Hurricane. Uh, last year had a great year with South Charleston, had 30 catches, just over 400 yards, four touchdowns to his credit. Uh, so um, he'll, he's got some familiarity with uh, Cabell Midland's Carlito Carter, who's also a South Charleston transfer. Uh, he's a senior, so he's got a year of uh, experience on Barham, but Carter and the two in Barham uh, have some familiarity there. So that could play in uh, Carter's advantage when uh, he potentially is marking up on Barham on the defensive side and uh, maybe even when Barham's marking up on him uh, when he's out there at wide receiver. Uh, the Knights just really trying to put behind that loss last week against Spring Valley, 35-7, to just uh, got stifled entirely uh, offensively, just 129 yards of total offense for Campbell Midland last week. And uh, Ivan Vaughn, the lead tailback for the Knights, one of the best backs in the state of West Virginia, 
uh, and he was held to just 35 yards on 15 carries. So, uh, rough day for him. But uh, again, the Knights looking to get back and uh, get the, the fold again here with the first of four straight games on the road tonight. Adam Rogers will be on the call tonight. 97.9 The River, Cabell Midland Football and Hurricane. Uh, that was very concise, and you got it all in before the show ended. Hey, I do what I can for you. Broadcast professional, that's why he's won multiple awards, and uh, he still probably have more room in his trophy case because, well, the winning never ends for you. You're like a machine, sir. Hey, if you ever uh, stop winning, you're not trying, right? There you go. Adam Rogers, a winner. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Really do. Yeah, that, see you. That's Adam Rogers. He'll have the call of Cabell Midland tonight. For our producer, his name is Gabriel Sellerts. I'm Paul Swan. This has been The Drive, presented by Belltone Hearing Aid Center on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Huntington Sports Station.